You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So um, just to get caught up with everybody, I posted it all over social media and whatnot, but some of you still didn't see it. Um, yesterday, there technically was a podcast, but it didn't get uploaded. So what happened was I did the podcast and, and I basically just said, look, it's going to be a short one. I'm um, just going to give some thoughts, but I don't have a lot of time. It was my daughter's birthday, et cetera, et cetera. And the, and the podcast was... Not football enough to post it, and so I kind of had to decide either I'm just going to delete this, I'm going to post it and make a bunch of people mad because I'm just kind of like doing social commentary, or I could put this on Patreon because I've been teasing the idea of this sort of exclusive Patreon uh, podcast thing, and this could be the first episode. Because that was something I think even Billy, I think, was the one that asked, but uh, said he wanted some kind of like an outtakes thing. Technically, that was kind of an outtake, because that would be one of the ones that in the past I would have just deleted. Although I I don't let it go a half hour, usually. I'm about two minutes in, I get it off my chest, and I'm like, all right, you can't say that, and then delete it. So if you want to hear the kind of stuff that I usually delete and don't end up posting, because it's just a little too much, um, and I'm worried about backlash and everything else, uh, you can jump in on Patreon. Um, the way that I'm organizing that, by the way, and I think this is the way I'm going to go, um, the baseline Patreon support one buck, you get to join the discord. Uh, we're going to do all the questions, all the polls, all that stuff at $2. We'll do the early access to the podcast early and ad free. Uh, it's just an extra little dollar. If, if you don't care about that, don't do it. If you care about it, it's just a buck. And I, f- and I figure I can justify it because technically I am losing a little bit of revenue by not posing, uh, posting ads. Oh, there's football today. Colts and Jets. Nice. Nobody cares, but interesting. $5, I'm going to do the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm not exactly sure what all that will entail, but I know some people have said I want to check out your studio, uh, maybe do a behind-the-scenes of me recording a podcast. People have asked for dog pictures, whatever, so uh, grilling stuff. All those kinds of just random pictures, short videos, food-related things, that'll be at the $5 tier. This new podcast, which I still don't exactly know what it is, it's basically just all those little individual rants that aren't necessarily pertain to football, and that's all it is. There may be football content, maybe not, I don't know. The new one that is either going to be posted soon or has been posted already, I don't know exactly how the order is going to work, but it's already been recorded. It's about cruise control. So just to give you an idea what that's about, I recorded it as I was driving my car, giving my commentary on cruise control. I'm proud of it. I'm happy with it. I uh, still got to work out the kinks. The recording app that I have is not great. And so there's, you probably noticed it on that uh, breaking news thing. There's weird spots in there where it like fast forwards sounding. So I don't know, work on that. But anyways, now we're all caught up. As for today, I want to talk a little bit about the Chiefs. Do a little quick intro. Uh, it's Friday episode, so we got to start talking about the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit. And then the second half and I think we're going to leave it at this because I always say that, and then there's new information, new news, and we got to talk about it, but kind of put a ribbon on this thing. I brought in special guest, my half Mexican lawyer, Blaine Patino. Um, he has been scouring the rule book. He read all like 95 pages of this document outlining the rules and regulations and everything else. And he kind of set some of the stuff straight. And so we went through some questions that people had on Patreon, as well as some other clarifications that he wanted to make. That'll be in the second half of the show. That's what we're doing today. But anyways, early look, again, at the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, again, this is, and I, I played the audio for you, right? So, so there's no question that this is not 
it's it's very similar to what I've been saying about the Bears, how this is not the 2018 Bears, no matter what anybody wants to tell you. The only big difference here, as far as I can tell, is that Chiefs fans have no illusions that there's something wrong, there's something broken. The media seems to acknowledge it, although Bears fans in the media probably acknowledge the Bears are broken too at this point, but it's become quite evident not that everything's completely broken or completely horrible or completely terrible, but something is wrong. Um, the first, the, and, and it's kind of happening on a, a couple different fronts. Number one is the defense. The defense is just terrible. And I've been kind of down on this defense for a while. And, and whatever it was that propped up this defense, if it was the defensive coordinator that just made it work despite the lack of talent or whatever it is, that has all gone away now. Um, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo is apparently just not getting the job done. I don't really know. The other side of this, though, is that they kind of used to be, I guess we would call it the 2011 Green Bay Packers, where even if the defense isn't working, the offense was so good, they kind of overcame everything. And, you know, when you got long drives and everything else, the other team, it kind of dictates to the other team's offense, and it can kind of make your defense seem better than it is potentially. I don't know. But the offense is having issues. Now, technically, their offense is ranked ninth right now. Um, largely because of damage that they did the first half of the season. But they're still ranked ninth. That's in terms of points and 25th um, on defense in terms of points. And to be fair, the defense has been better the second half of the year. So why don't we just look at that first of all? Because it's the whole narrative is the offense isn't bad. The defense is kind of trash, although that's not even the narrative. The narrative is the offense is broken too. But if you just look at the statistics, ninth and 25th. However, again, second half of the year, So first half of the year, third best offense, second worst defense. So the the first half of the year was very evident. Elite offense, complete trash garbage defense. Second half of the year, which is obviously the part that is most recent, um, 20th in terms of points on offense, 23rd on defense. So it's still, it's still, that's surprising to me. What What is the big, oh, 38 points to Buffalo. That's why. Uh, the last three weeks, it's been 13, 27, 17. So we, we could knock off a week and it probably looks a little bit better. But the second, I mean, just, just think about that now. The second half of the season, and I'll, I'll give them the three weeks. We'll look at it. Second half of the season, Kansas City is 20th on offense, 23rd on defense. That's the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And again, if we hone it down to last three weeks, they're 16th on offense. They are 16th on defense. So even still, and that's still surprising because they gave up 13, 27, and 17. I guess the 2017 is relatively high, but the, the, the best three-week stretch, they're exactly average on offense and defense. And I'm trying as best as I can to slice this up in a positive way for Kansas City. The best I can do is say the first four weeks of the season, they had the third best offense. After that, though, it's been completely horrible completely horrible I mean bottom half in both offense and defense and that's even that is being generous what did I say 26th and 20th so yeah it's it's bad but at least on the offensive side of the ball it's very obvious what the issue is Um, if we look at for example first downs they're number one now that's for the season but if you look at for the last four weeks for example they're still number one Um, they're fifth in passing yards um Sixth in passing touchdowns. They're sixth in yards per attempt rushing, which they're not even that strong of a of a rushing team. They do a great job rushing. Um, they're number one in in average plays, number one in average yards, number six in points. I mean, this is per drive, plays per drive, yards per drive. Sixth in in points per drive. Second this season in time of possession. Why are things so horrible? Well, they're dead last in turnovers with nineteen turnovers. They're dead last in fumbles lost with uh, nine fumbles lost. They're 30th in interceptions with 10 interceptions on the season. Turnovers are killing the team. So it's, it's, again, it's not that they're a terrible offense. It's the mistakes. It's You heard about the penalties, you heard about the turnovers, and you heard about the drops, and it's killing the team. Now, that's not an excuse for the defense. That's a whole separate issue, but that's the problem. And so when I go in and look at my for example, correlations, which I like to do. At what point does a team win? At what point does a team lose? Offensively and defensively, what we're looking at is a team that needs 30 points, which again points to the defense being the bigger issue. And again, if we break this down in the second half of the year, it might be a little bit different, but the team is um, three and one, which isn't even that good of a record. Three and one, though, 
when they score 30 or more points. They're 1-3 and three when they score less than 30 points. Now, that's going to be true of most teams, but the, the, the question, though, is what bar is the defense setting for, for the offense? The fact that you can see the line at 30 points tells me that what the Chiefs' defense is communicating to the Chiefs' offense is, you need 30 and we can win. There's a, there's a 75% chance, which is a pretty low, uh, I guess most teams are higher than that at 30 points, but again, the defense is terrible. And if you don't get to 30 points, which there's a big gap. I mean, it may not be 30. The next highest after 31 points is only 24. It could be 26, 27, 28. I don't know. But if they don't score 30 points, again, they're 1-3. and 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 the offense is almost communicating the opposite to the defense. If you can just keep them at 30 or less, we got a good shot. Just keep them to 30 or less. They're 4-2 and when the defense can keep them to 30 points. They're 0-2. At over 30 points, they lost when the team got to 36. They lost when the team got to 38. You could also say under 30 also in, in their um, uh, three and one, but it's it sounds more of an indictment on the defense when you say 30 or less because they won when Philadelphia got to 30 points. The offense scored 42 points. So just based on this bit of correlative data or whatever you want to call it, it seems to me that the biggest issue is still the defense. When you look at these statistics, it looks like the offense is not really the issue, right? It has more to do with just, you know, n- not that they can't get things done. It's just that they keep making mistakes. And you see this with defenses. Who was the team? We It was one of the audio bits that I pulled. I th- it was the Vikings. It was the Minnesota Vikings. And what they said is if you look at from this period to this period, I don't remember what it was, but the defense actually is playing really, really well. The problem is when you need them to play well, right? In other words, they look good on first down, second down, whatever. But in clutch critical situations, we need a stop here. We need, you know, stop them from getting a touchdown. We need a, a, a sack. We need, we need something. That's when they fall apart. Or, you know, it's late in the game, final drive. We're winning the game. You've done good all game, right? Keeping our offense in this thing. We're ahead by two. Just stop them. Don't let them drive down the field and get a field goal. And they give it up. I made up that scenario, but that's kind of what I'm talking about. The Chiefs are almost the opposite. They look fine, but they just keep making mistakes in critical situations, and it's killing them. And as far as, you know, again, the other thing that I've said is a there's always a really high correlation, not always, but usually a very high correlation with winning and losing in turnovers. It really is a very high correlation statistic with winning and losing. Um, the Chiefs have a pretty ridiculous number here. The Chiefs' offense, they are four and two when they give up three or less turnovers. In other words, if you can throw three interceptions or less, you're probably going to win the game. But they are <laughs> winless when they've got to four turnovers, which duh. They are also undefeated so far when they have one or less turnover, but that's only happened twice, so it's hard to tell. So with one or less, they're two and zero. Oh. With two or less, they are three and one. With three or less. They are four and two. They just have a ton of turnovers. And not super surprisingly, um, turnovers defensively don't have that big of an impact because the other team or, or your offense is giving the ball away a, a bunch more. All right. So, for example, against Tennessee, they, they ended up getting a turnover, but the offense gave the ball away three times with a, a net turnover ratio of minus two, or what it's not a ratio, but you, you get what I'm saying. But if we just look at minus one or better, um, against Philadelphia, it was minus one. They won the game. Um, they lost against the Chargers. That was minus four. Minus four against Buffalo, they lost. Minus one against the Giants, and they won. Uh, minus two, and they lost. Minus one, and they won. Uh, plus two against Cleveland, and they won that game. And then uh, they went even against Baltimore and lost. That was the only game that they lost with a minus one turnover differential or better. So, I mean, it, it's just, they, they put themselves at such an unbelievable disadvantage. And so that, that's the thing. The defense gives up too many points and the offense has too many turnovers. Again, that's the consistent theme throughout this entire thing. The defense can't stop anybody. The offense can't get out of their own way and stop turning the ball over and it's killing them. All they got to do is turn over the ball only one more time than the other team and they're probably going to win. And they can't do that. They keep giving it away more often. Minus two against Tennessee, minus four against Buffalo, minus four against the Chargers. They went 0-3 in those games. Duh. 
And so if we just real quickly rip through their roster, again, not going super in-depth, but let's just go position by position and look at it. Um, Mr. Pat Mahomes right now is a 73 overall grade. Now, Aaron Rodgers is in a similar boat. He's not having his greatest year ever. But this is this is the guy that was, you know, one of the greatest we've seen, and he's going to be the next GOAT and all that stuff. And in in relatively short order, I mean, the guy just signed his big extension. He's only 26 years old. Um, well, let's look at it from this perspective. 2020, fourth highest graded quarterback at a 92 overall grade. Then he was the third highest graded quarterback with a 90.2. Then he was the second highest graded quarterback with a 93 overall. So he went from fourth to third to second. Right now, 72.6 overall grade. He's ranked 22nd in the NFL. That's pretty massive. Tyreek Hill's still doing very well. He's the sixth highest graded wide receiver at an 85 overall grade. But again, much like the critique of the Green Bay Packers outside of Tyreek, and we're just talking wide receivers here, obviously, because they have a tight end that's talented and whatnot. But outside of Tyreek, they don't have much. They got Byron Pringle at a 66 overall grade, 66th in the NFL. Miko Hardman, 75th in the NFL, 64 overall grade. Demarcus Robinson ranked 117th out of 121. They don't have a lot of guys that are playing at a very high level. At halfback, you got uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the guy that everybody knows and likes and was hyped about. Um, he unfortunately ended up getting put on IR. Daryl Williams is taking over. He's doing better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire did, but he's still not very good. He's ranked 52nd out of 65 with a 61 overall grade, 22 pass blocking grade, so he's useless in that regard. At tight end, you still got Travis Kelsey, still a very good tight end. Uh, fourth overall is his rank with an 81.7 overall grade. Um, they had another guy that was great, not quite well, but he's also on IR. So we don't need to talk about that, but it doesn't really matter. Travis Kelsey is the guy you got to worry about. So, so far, similar chiefs, right? Dominant tight end, real good wide receiver. Running back is nothing really to write home about. The biggest difference though, Pat Mahomes. Should we expect him to turn it around? Yeah, probably, probably. And that's a big concern for a lot of people and a little bit for myself, but at the same time, as I mentioned to somebody else, they've been saying this for since the season started. Well, they're going to get it right at some time. They're going to get it right at some time. It could just be our luck that this is the week, and he has a great week and all that stuff. It's possible, but it's not super likely. In fact, if we dig into Pat Mahomes a little bit, he started off the season, here are his grades, 81, 52, 81, 82. So there's this weird little anomaly with a 52 overall grade. Otherwise... 80s across the board, right? Since then, 65 against Buffalo, 66 against Washington, 56 against Tennessee, 54 against the Giants. By the way, interestingly enough, and I've mentioned how Pat Mahomes and the offense and the team in general was sort of declining. Here's how he ended the season starting in week 14. 68, 66, 51, 74, 92, 65. Starting in week 14, he basically was average or worse in every game with the exception of Cleveland where he was just good and the game against Buffalo where he graded out as elite. Otherwise, kind of garbage. Now, he had bad games mixed in before, but, you know, if we look at prior to that, here are his grades. 70, 83, 92, 45. There's one real bad game. 81, 63, 72, 92, 77, 87, 90, 93. So he had one, two, let's say three, four, five-ish elite games, one, two, three real good games, two good games, an average game, and a bad game, right? That's That was Pat Mahomes, right? If you look at 2019, pretty similar. I mean, a lot of goods, and then he ended real hot with a bunch of 90s and stuff. This year, he doesn't have a single 90. He had three good games clumped together. He's had four bad games in a row. Four bad games in a row. He's, I don't think he's ever had four bad games in a row before. 2019, he didn't. 2020, he didn't. He had three, 68, 66, and 51. But then he bounced back with a 74, and he had a 93 before that. This is his, his longest stretch of, of doing poorly, and it's getting worse by the week. It was basically 66, 66, 56, and then a 55. Four bad games in a row. And, and, and the, his last game which was his second lowest of the season, came against the New York Giants. Prior to that was Tennessee. Tennessee does not have a good defense. Washington does not have a good defense. Remember when we played them, it was weird because we knew they had a good defensive front, but yet they were still ranked like, what, what was it, 30th or something ridiculous? Horrible defense? 
Three bad defenses in a row, and he hasn't had a single good game. Again, he's due. He's due for a big game at some point, but he there's something wrong with Pat Mahomes and this Chiefs offense. Looking at the offensive line, the center, Creed Humphrey, absolutely dominant out of Oklahoma. No question about it. Uh, he's the uh, number one graded center in football right now. I mean, he's you want to talk about an, an unsung hero to be a, a second-round rookie that is coming in with an elite run-blocking grade and a competent, at least good, pass-blocking grade, best center in football, that's something to talk about. That's really quite impressive. And I know a lot of Packer fans are going to scream that Packers failed or whatever, even though they got some really good players, but they didn't get the best one, so Gutekunst is an idiot or something, I don't know. But they got a good one, for sure. And, and, and good for them, because my biggest critique of them is they can't find anybody in the draft. Well, they finally got a hit. Good for them. At guard, they've got uh, Joe Thune, who's doing a good job. They've got Trey Smith, who's also doing a good job. Trey Smith, by the way, 2021 for, uh, sixth round pick. Another real big hit along the offensive line. Tackle, though, is where things get a little bit more iffy. Um, Orlando Brown, they brought in. He's doing a good job. Not a super elite job. He's got a 68 overall grade so far. Um, excuse me. Oh, this is in reverse. It's a 74 overall grade. He's doing fine. After that, they've got Lucas Nyang, who is a 2020 third round pick. Um, one of the first of all, he had one of the best tackle duos in football, football for a long time. So even though these guys are doing a good job and it's a good offensive line, it's certainly not elite and it's not as good as he's maybe accustomed to, especially at the tackle position. There was some comments that I made earlier about how um, he's not really trusting his pocket as much. There was a, a play breakdown by some quarterback. I forget who it was, but he had a pass. It was right there, and he just needed to step up a little bit in the pocket and throw the ball, but because it was pressure coming from the right side, he bailed, and he didn't have to. The, 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 it pressed, the pocket collapsed a little bit, but he didn't have to bail that much. But um, it's still a pretty good offensive line. It's still going to be real tough to, to play against these guys and get some pressure. But um, it's still, I don't think, quite up to the standard that he's necessarily used to. Again, especially at tackle. The interior is probably upgraded. The tackles are not quite as good. Defensively, and again, this is where things become problematic. Um, Jerron Reed is the guy that's taken the most snaps so far this year, 42 overall grade. Uh, after that, you got, uh, let's see, who's the most if we're going in order here. You've got Chris Jones. Everybody knows Chris Jones is real good. He's having his first kind of down year. Um, his grades, remember, this is the guy I've been comparing to Kenny Clark, and it used to be Kenny and Chris were kind of 1A, 1B, like real young, real talented. Um, Chris Jones starting in 2020, 90, 90, 91, and 90. Those are his grades. This year so far, 72, Right. I mean, it, it feels like there's a culture thing, almost the exact opposite of what the Packers are getting, where the guys who have always been very good are suddenly not performing at a high level. Something's kind of broken. Whereas with the Packers, you've got a lot of guys that have never performed well in the past, um, whether that be Razul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, even Kevin King was put in a position where he played really, really well, and that was kind of confusing. Kenny Clark has kind of got his swagger back. Rashawn is having quite a year. They're going in the opposite direction. Um, who else do they got here? So, that, so that's their by far best tackle. We won't even go into Derek Nottie, 50 overall grade. Kalen Saunders, 55. Tershawn Wharton, 44. So 42, 44, 55, and 50 is their defensive tackles outside of Chris Jones, who went from being elite, one of the best in football, to barely good, 70 overall grade. Off the edge, um, the guy everybody's familiar with that everybody assumes is really, real good, but he never really has been. Frank Clark is ranked 85th out of all edge rushers with a 58 overall grade, 57 pass rush, 43 run defense. He's just bad at football right now. They did bring in Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram is a um, talented football player. He's a uh, edge rusher with uh, 82 pass rush grade. He's uh, we'll, we'll get into more statistics and stuff at a later date, but just kind of, again, general broad swoops, swipes, whatever you want to call it, 32nd overall. So that's the guy you got to watch out for. But again, Frank Clark, 58 overall grade. Michael Dana, 60. Alex Okafor, 51. These are the guys that are, are currently playing. Outside of uh, Josh Kando, 51 overall grade. So 51, 48, 60, 51. Outside of Melvin Ingram. So um, again... Not 
super great. So they got one decent defensive tackle and a bunch of really bad defensive tackles, one decent pass rusher and a bunch of really bad pass rushers. Now we've had somewhat similar things, but generally what we've had in the past are like two really good edge rushers and some bad defensive tackles. And so you say, well, maybe we can manipulate those bad defensive tackles, but those two really good edge rushers are going to be a problem. This isn't two really good anything. Not two really good anything. And really, if you look at Mel, again, when we look at 73 overall grade, we're looking at a cumulative grade. He's had four pretty bad games and two really good games. So the odds of him having a good game are are less than half. Um, talking about Melvin Ingram, if, if I didn't mention that. Chris Jones, if we look at his stats on a week-to-week basis, um, he's got three good games, three average to bad games. So it's 50% chance that we're going to get the good version. And the best game he's played was an 80 overall grade. He had four pressures and no sacks in that game. So again, we faced some dominant defensive lines, and this isn't one of them. I'm not saying they can't do it. Chris Jones is still Chris Jones, right? Frank Clark still can get it done. Maybe he's not as good as everybody says he is. He's still a talented guy, and Melvin Ingram is too. At linebacker, their number one linebacker is Nick Bolton who is a uh, young guy, 2021 second-round pick. He's out there, and he's he's performing, and he's not doing very well, 59 overall grade. After that, they've got Ben Neiman, 39 overall grade. After that, Anthony Hitchens, 35 overall. And then Willie Gay with a 71 overall grade, mostly just a pure cover guy. Um, the one guy, though, that's kind of doing something, and they don't play him nearly as much. The, three main, the two main guys are Nick Bolton and Ben Neiman, again, 59-39. And then number three is Anthony Hitchens at a 35. The linebackers are kind of horrific. At corner, their top corner is Legereus Sneed, 56 overall grade, 48 coverage grade, which obviously matters the most. He's real good against the run, tackling and whatnot, not so much coverage. After that, they got basically a three-man rotation, three different guys with similar snaps. You've got Rashad Fenton is their best one, second overall uh, corner in the NFL right now, 81.6 coverage grade you got Mike Hughes who I think a lot of people were very excited about but has never really performed 2018 first round pick 69 overall grade ranked 30th in the NFL and then Charvarius Ward with a 58 overall grade so they got a couple decent corners a couple bad corners bad linebackers bad defensive tackles bad edge rushers and then at safety they got kind of the same old group um big names that are overhyped Juan Thornhill 15th overall 72 overall grade he's fine Tyron Matthew always regarded as one of the top linebackers or safeties in football never really performs up to that standard he's 32nd in the NFL 67 overall grade which is pretty standard for him um otherwise they have Daniel Sorensen uh Daniel Sorensen has been around for quite a long time he's been in the league since 2014 but um Always been a uh, pretty bad football player, 84th out of 86 right now, and he plays a lot. He actually plays more than Juan Thornhill at this point in time. Uh, Tyron Matthew plays the most, so again, Juan Thornhill is the most talented. He gets the least of of the trio of safeties, so... It's not that they don't have a couple good players. It's the fact of how do you mitigate the the damage of the the really bad players? You know, I mean, we, we talk about it with Kenny Clark sometimes, where you got Kenny Clark, and he's good, but what about the guys next to him? But they just have it on such an unbelievably high level. And again, when you go up against the Packers, and I know that there's no Aaron Rodgers, but you've got running backs, and not just any running backs. You've got Aaron Jones, who's one of the better running backs in football, and then you've also got the hammer. So if, if it's speed that we can kill you with, we'll kill you with speed. If it's power, we can kill you with power. We've got Devontae, who you're going to have a hard time covering, whether you got one or two guys on him. We've got a whole slew of other guys, and, and, and one way or another, we're going to find the guy, the matchup we like, and we're going to attack it. And, and the problem that the defense is going to have for the Chiefs is they have so many weaknesses, you can't win all your matchups. It's not going to happen. Now, with Aaron Rodgers, you're at a much bigger disadvantage because he knows those matchups, and he knows where to look and where to put his eyes. He knows how to manipulate the defense. When they come out in this formation, we're going to change, we're going to audible, we're going to do this and attack that over there. Jordan doesn't have that so much. So there's going to be a pre-snap call. He's going to run out there and run that play. And if it needs to be changed, he probably won't make that change. I mean, basic things that they can teach you in high school and college in terms of checking to a run or checking to a pass, you can probably do that. 
but in terms of redesigning a play because, oh, they got that guy out there. Hey, I'm going to do a hand signal to Devontae. I want you to just go or whatever the case may be. Um, that's probably going to be taken away. But regardless, we still are going to be able to know the matchups, and that's what they're going to be talking about in the, in the meeting rooms with Jordan Love. These are the matchups we like, and if you see it, go after it. And that's, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, that's, that's the story of the Chiefs. Are they still a dangerous team? Of course. The offense can, can put it together in a single day and make everything work, and if Jordan Love's terrible, then it's just going to be a bad day. But, um, again, this is, this is not the 2018 Chiefs. This is not the 2019 Chiefs, even. This is, you know, this is a different team. This is, this is just a team. Forget the name. Forget the players. This is a team with an offense that's struggling, they're making stupid mistakes, and a defense that's just terrible. And again, in the last four weeks, what did I say? They're the 20th ranked offense and the 26th ranked defense, something like that. That's it. That's the Chiefs. You want to know what the Chiefs are? That's what the Chiefs are. So anyways, we're going to take a break. I've got some uh, audio that we're going to run through. Me with my half Mexican attorney. We're going to go through some of your questions. And again, I would love it if I can get you to join me on Patreon for any of those tiers. I'm hoping that uh, some of that is interesting to you. Thank you so much for everybody that has joined up. There's been a lot of very uh, positive, encouraging thoughts. Um, Only one that would be more considered constructive criticism, but it wasn't even so much I hated the whole show or the format or anything. It was just I disagree with your assessment, which is fine. When when the entire show is, here's my very opinionated opinion, there's going to be some pushback. Um, There might even be more pushback on my cruise control thing, but it's, it's all welcome. You know what I mean? That's, that's completely fine. And I'm, I'm all for that, but got a lot of thank yous to rip through here. Um, I got a, I don't even know exactly where I left off, but let's just run through this. Um, thank you so much to Alex, Alexi. Alexi was the one pushing back actually. Thank you so much to Zach for, uh, editing your pledge upward. Again, I've covered some of these, but I'm going through it again. Thank you very much to Jason Miller for jumping in on Patreon. Thank you to Josh Hooley. Thank you to Kylie for uh, upping your pledge and uh, paying up for the year. That's awesome. Thank you very much to Rad for jumping in on Patreon. Thank you to Aiden for jumping in. Thank you to Sean for jumping up to that $10 tier so you get access to that podcast. Hopefully you're digging it. Um, Thank you very much for upping in your pledge, Billy, and for paying up for the year. That's awesome. Thank you to Tristan for upping your pledge. Thank you to Ben for jumping in on Patreon at the $10 tier. Thank you very much for Henry for upping it to $10. Thanks for Goose jumping up on the $10 tier. I hope it's working because it's Canadian and it's a weird denomination that I'm seeing there. Also, if, if, if you're somebody that pays like 30 because you made up your own tier and you're not seeing the $10 tier type stuff, if you're not seeing episodes, we got to figure out how to fix that for you. So let me know. Thank you to RL for jumping in on the $10 a month tier. And thank you very much to Joel for upping your pledge to 10 Again, I hope you guys are digging that. And and because there's been such a positive reaction and so many people have jumped in, obviously because of the podcast, I'm going to try to do this as, as often as I possibly can. And again, I hope you guys like it. Give me all the feedback you can because I want to keep this going. But we'll take a break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we got a special guest here today because there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of um, theories out there as far as how things work. And it seems like everybody's kind of just made up their mind that uh, they're just going to make up the rules themselves. And then we're just going to argue about rules that we made up. Like, I feel like this is what happened. And then, um, you know, just art. It's getting kind of silly. So I decided to bring in um, a uh, legal expert uh, some people would call him half Mexican. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, if, if you wouldn't mind stating for the record, um, uh, attorney, whatever your name is, your name and ethnicity, that would be appreciated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The U S census bureau, uh, defines me as my, I think my ethnicity yeah. is white Hispanic. Okay. Um, All right. cause they asked my race and I was like, I, I'm Mexican. They're like, that's not a race. And right. I was like, are you allowed to tell me that? I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of racist, but all right. I think that's a little racist to say I, you can't pick your race. And they're like, that's an ethnicity. And I'm like, I, I don't think I know what you're talking about. And I don't care. Well, I get confused too, because they're like, what's your ethnicity or whatever? And I'm like, I'm white. And they're like, okay, are you Hispanic? And I'm like, no, I said I'm white. Like, I don't understand. What are you talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. isn't that a separate? I don't know. I don't know how these No, I think, I think, I think Hispanic is now officially like a subcategory of white. Well, you would you that. are you are now a non-white Hispanic, or non right. yeah a non non Hispanic white. white. Okay. That's what you are. You're a non-Hispanic white. I'm a Hispanic white. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the Hispanics are now a part of our really lame club. I know we've we've been assimilated by the U.S. Census Bureau. Uh, <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Boom. Got him. Anyway, my name is Blaine. Uh, most people know me on Twitter. By most people, I mean almost no one with my like 38 followers. Yeah. Street law. Uh, that's pretty. I'm the half Mexican lawyer. Yeah. There you go. Been talking about it. everybody. People probably thought you were fake, but uh, boom, found them. <laughs> I don't know, man. You like put an ad out on Craigslist and said I need a half I Mexican lawyer, yeah. and I like answered the call, and here I am now. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I talked to about 18 different um, lawyers with Hispanic sounding uh, names, and I finally found a Patino. And I was like, all right, this, this guy's solid. We got it. Yeah, look, he's got the squiggly in the name and yeah. everything. He's got that little, yeah. uh, whatever you call it. Tilde. What is that thing? The hill, yeah. The tilde. Yeah, the letter is an N-Y. Although I don't even think it's a letter anymore. I don't know. My white wife was trying to tell me that it's not a letter anymore. I was like, I don't think you could say that to me. Right? So. Jeez. All right. So anyways, I went to uh, Patreon so we can kind of try to focus this a little bit and see what people are hearing and what people are thinking. And I know you've been in like a pretty much nonstop Reddit battles all day with people. Ooh, it's been so, tough. Uh, I got a little involved on Twitter, too, but mostly on Reddit, like especially the NFL sub. I uh, wow. It's been bad. I, uh, I I went deep. I've been doing citations. <laughs> I read like all 98 pages of this stupid document. I was looking, I had to go look at old versions because people were like citing to the rules and they're like, see, this is the rule. It says it right here. I copy and pasted it. And I'm like, that's 2020. And they're <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I'm like, what's well, 2021. This is from September 28th, 2021. It's just been revised. And, and then, so I had to read that and I was like, I don't know, man, I'm tired of doing all well, this. And to further complicate things, you have, major news entities like usa today who are giving false information which is really complicating things <laughs> right because i'm like what's your source and they're like usa today and they're like you saying that's not a source i'm like okay 
I guess that is a source, but they're also wrong. And they're like, what's your source? And I'm like, the, oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so yeah, that went, uh, USA, thanks USA Today. And then like, and then there's like just pot stirs out there. Yep. And it's like our own media has turned on us. And like our, all the Packers reporters are like, oh man, Packers are going down. And how is he not possibly, you know, broken every rule in the book? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I, people just keep talking about it. Like everyone, it's just one of those things where it feels like everyone feels like they know. Yeah. Right. They're like, I, you know, they can't fly on the plane. Right. Everyone knows that. Right. Like, is that a rule? I don't know. Why is that something everyone knows? Oh, they can't. If they're doing interviews, press conferences, they have to wear a mask. Everybody knows that. I'm like, who's worn a mask? Yeah. Somebody tweeted once that he's not allowed to fly on a plane. And now everybody's an expert on the entire document because somebody tweeted something once. And obviously that must be true. Yeah. I mean, it is obviously true. I saw that on Twitter, which is that's my source. Twitter. (laughs) What's your your source? Uh, Random dude. Yeah. Especially if you have a if if you've got a check mark, you basically are Wikipedia. My source is Buck Buck Daddy two eighty nine on Twitter, so (laughs) eat that. (laughs) Mike Florio burner account. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's start with the first one here. This is from Goose, and again, I was just asking, like, what questions do you have so we can kind of clarify this a little bit? Because I don't know either. I'm not going to read the stupid document. Luckily, Blaine, that's just how he operates. People start arguing and he's like, all right, I'm just going to read this entire document and then I'm going to know it and then I'm going to argue. I don't I don't care that much, but everybody cares and probably should know. And since this is podcast, sometimes is about teaching people things. Let's all learn together. Here is sometimes I get mad and read things and want it to be helpful. Right. Here is from Goose. He says, "Okay, hearing conflicting reports that Rogers was breaking protocol during his press conferences, but many other unvaccinated players didn't wear masks either. Was he breaking the rules and what are the repercussions for doing so if he did? Because that is all that matters because that is all that affects us fans personally. I can at least comment on the final sentence of that and that's completely correct. But as far as the rest, what did you find out? So, you know, we're, we're going to, every answer is going to start with the lawyer answer. All right. <laughs> and the lawyer answer is, well, it kind of depends. Yeah. And it's going to be like, well, it really depends on what, how you interpret how some of these things are written. Uh, and, and you can kind of tell Matt LaFleur is basically doing the same thing. So is the entire Packers entity because he, he got basically got a question today about that was asking, hey, uh, you know, has Aaron Rodgers been complying with the mask requirement? And he's like, as far as the clubhouse and like club facilities and football facility, yes, 100%. I can guarantee that. And they're like, well, what about the media? You know, what about the comp- press conferences? He's like, I don't have anything to do with that. Right. So I think what they're basically saying is, so the rules differentiate when you get to media access, uh, which is there's the clubhouse rules, which there is an explicit rule that says, yeah, if you're in the club or on club property in the clubhouse, not on the practice field, not on the game field, that you have to wear a mask at all times if you're unvaccinated. And it's just like a pretty blanket statement. So that's fair. But they're all, they do start identifying all these media rooms, and then they have an entire different subsection for media interaction, and specifically like post-game media action. They basically just say, you know, post-game interview room or on the playing field with player and club personnel maintaining physical distance from members of the media. And then it says all of whom have confirmed vaccination wearing PPP, PPE while indoors. So media members have to be wearing masks, and the... Uh, they have to be fully vaccinated to even be there. But for players, it just says that they have to have physical distance requirements for the interviews. And that's all it says. Like there's there's nothing about players wearing masks. There's nothing about players, whether they are or aren't vaccinated when it comes to the media stuff. So I think what the Packers are going to say, and I think almost everybody else is basically following the same thing, is there's different spaces. And these spaces are not defined in this giant stupid document because it's a poorly written document that also has some spelling errors and literal legal errors in it as well i think i was copy and paste early i was like this is what this doesn't make any sense anyway um they're saying it's not a club space it's a media space media space are controlled by the media rules kind of like how technically the game day field in the stadium doesn't fall isn't considered a clubhouse uh rule because they have their own set of rules so that's basically how they do it so i think 
what they're going to try to say is that media rules are different. So he hasn't broken them. It's one of those, you know, like, what do I think is going to happen? I don't know. If the NFL wants to put the screws to him, they'll say, hey, clubhouse property doesn't matter, you know, and hit him with it. If they want to not get in his grill about it and don't want to get him in trouble, they're just going to say, well, as it pertains to the media, under the media rules, it just has to be physically distant. So they can say pretty much whichever one. It just depends if Goodell, you know, has some emails from Aaron Rodgers talking about, you know, how he doesn't have a chin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's sort of the ambiguity part of it is, you know, you could go either way. I think another thing to keep in mind is the NFL looks really stupid right now, too, because they're getting called out. Like, dude, all these unvaccinated people have been doing interviews on clubhouse property. Why are you doing this? So if the teams are going to come to Roger Goodell and the NFL and be like, Here's our out. It would be really weird for Roger Goodell to be like, nope, we're all going to take this on the chin and we're going to find all the players and we're going to admit that we haven't been enforcing everything. I, I just think it makes more sense for Goodell to be like, dude, that's brilliant. Well done. Uh, that's my excuse. Also, the media we will just say that the media and everybody else is stupid and misread our document because you guys are too stupid to know how to lead, read really complex documents like me. I'm a genius. Yeah, too bad um, you're not lawyers. Yeah, right. Too bad you guys sucking are stupid. Um, and, and again, that's, that's with all these documents, which is common, probably in all legal documents, but especially really poorly written ones, depending on how you read it, you can kind of navigate different ways. And as long as everybody involved is on the same page, let's just leave this be, you can, you can find a way out of it. And I think, like you said, that's probably what they're going to do to get well, out right. of it. And, and, and as a, as a lawyer who does estate planning and draft <laughs> stuff, like that's supposed to be what we're avoiding, right? You're trying yeah. to not create ambiguities. But that's what this does. This creates so many. And it's, I mean, this will inevitably happen in a document this huge is, you know, I don't know how many fact checkers you have going through all this stuff or people double checking things. I mean, there's proofreading errors in this. And it's basically all also a rewrite of the 2020 rules. They just changed some things. It's, it's basically almost exactly the same, except for, you know, modification of timelines and things like that. Uh, as far as penalty, by the way, um, if you fail to wear the mask uh, PPE when you're supposed to or not maintaining physical distance in the club facility or during travel, it's a $14,650 fine. And uh, if you continue to uh, violate it, including any conduct detrimental, uh, your uh, fine can equal to one week salary suspension without pay for a period not to exceed four weeks. So you can get up to a four-week suspension. Yeah, so that was Kurt's next question. Assuming Rodgers was breaking protocol and the Packers never disciplined him, what are the worst punishments the Packers could face if it's loss of draft picks up to what round and how many? So I don't think there's any precedent there necessarily for draft picks. The worst-case scenario would be they said that everything he did is wildly unacceptable and you know he lied to everybody and put everybody in danger, and so the maximum would be a four-week suspension. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that that's the route that they would go. Yeah. I don't think that's the route they're going to go, but well, actually there is precedence. So there's no rule for it, but there is precedence Fair for enough. losing draft picks because that's what, who they hit. I don't remember it was the Raiders or whomever it was. And that if NFL in their statement about the fact that they were going to be looking into the Packers, basically aluminum, like uh, kind of slid that in a little bit. Cause when they said, uh, you know, we have, we have precedent that we hold clubs accountable for not enforcing these rules is when they it was basically them saying, yeah, we've made people lose draft picks over this before. So it was, it was slightly a threat if the Packers haven't been complying, which it sounds like at least Matt LaFleur is not really worried about that. Like as far as the daily testing and all the other stuff. Yeah. I think the big fear was that Aaron Rodgers lied and people didn't really follow yeah. up on that, but it, it sounds like as this has come out, he, he was dishonest with, us and didn't tell us but it sounds like the team knew the players knew the clubhouse knew the nfl knew so they treated him as an as an unvaccinated player and made him follow all those pro protocols as, as far as i know i saw big cat post a meme and it made me laugh it's like it's like someone going have you had your coffee today and you respond i'm caffeinated and i'm like I mean, that's a fair response if you had a monster, I guess. Right. I'm yeah. like, I'm like yeah. 
it's actually a pretty good defense. Thanks, man. I, exactly. Good argument. Yeah, fair. that's fair. <laughs> I don't think that's what Big Cat was meant to do because he hates Aaron Rodgers. Right. So it's like the Bears beat reporter or whatever guy. All right. We got um, – so this was kind of a new one. I don't really know how much we can dig into it, but this is from Roger. He says, if my memory serves me right, the league had game forfeitures as a possible penalty for COVID violations. Is that correct? And under what situation would that penalty apply? Yeah. So that applied only to if teams were unable to, um, I, I remember reading through this rule back when everyone was being all crazy about it back then, uh, that up com- only applies if a team is, has unvaccinated people who basically start like a super spreader event and they're unable to field a team. Yeah. Uh, and like, if they get into like the, that they have like a major COVID lockdown protocol that they can initiate and like be violated $50,000 fine and suspension real bad. Um, so if you get yourself put into that, then you can, uh, kind of like what, instead of rescheduling, like they right. were last year, they're basically like, no. And if it's because of unvaccinated people, you forfeit. I was going to say that that did happen last year. You had multiple outbreaks and, and so they rescheduled. And basically the only difference is this year, they said, we're not doing that anymore. If you, if you right. mess up and your team has a big outbreak, you're just, you lose that game and that's it. But it's not so much a punishment as just, we're not rescheduling. So you better not mess this up. Although it did say if, if everyone who's sick is vaccinated, then uh, we'll, yeah, we'll right. try to figure something out. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, make it we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> Yeah. And that, that was kind of a weird thing too, because it's like, even with the Packers, it's like, if that outbreak were to happen, are we blaming the unvaccinated or are we, are we going to like say like, no, 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 that was, that was Devante. He messed us up and he's vaccinated. So we can't blame him. I don't Devante know. Devante the super spreader got right. everybody. <laughs> right. I, I, I know the team would be blaming like the vaccinated and everybody else would be like, no, dude, that was definitely Rogers. No, that was Rogers and Lazard. They teamed up. everywhere. Dude, Lazard was in there just blowing, parting people's <laughs> hair with his cough. Well, Lazard didn't actually catch COVID. Yeah, doesn't matter. He, he was just a. I'm just saying close blame contact. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm wondering if so. The Packers aren't designating anyone as a close contact to Rogers, which is interesting. It's very weird. Yeah. Well, that, that's guess... the other thing I'm waiting to hear. Like, what's going on with that? Like, the guy's got COVID and he was at a party. Yeah. Are we just saying like, oh, he he caught it after? Like, a, yeah, like got, after he went home from the party, then he worry got. about that. <laughs> yeah, Preston Smith definitely doesn't have it. They weren't no. doing a photo shoot in a car together no. for hours. No, he wasn't. His dog wasn't kissing him. Yeah, his dog's uh, not coughing. I checked. His dog's not coughing. So. No, his dog's fine. Was, yeah, John Wick don't have COVID. So that was Aaron Rodgers got that. That was what, what probably happened was he was at a party with a bunch of people, healthy people. Then he went home, stopped at some COVIDy backwoods gas station, and uh, touched. You know, the is is gross, and that's probably how he got it. So I thought it was funny. I was reading through the rules. They're like, you can't go to a bar if there's more than ten people there at all. And I was like, oh, really? That's kind of lame. And then it's like, unless they serve food, and I'm like, oh, so you can go to any bar in Wisconsin, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> They're like, dude, they'll warm you up, they'll microwave you a frozen pizza, man. Right. It's the Wisconsin loophole right there. <laughs> it's the Wisconsin. Everything's a tavern. So right. It's fine. Yeah. Primary reason. Well, I mean, they have that same that rule also exists for like whether minors are allowed in there. And they're like, well, as long as you serve food, yeah. Totally the kids, okay for your kids to be running around. Walk in and be like, hey, you guys serve chicken strips? Yeah. All right, give me a beer. Yeah, give, give me a beer and uh <laughs> order chicken strips. Everybody knows kids love chicken strips. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I don't know. I, I've done way too much reading all these silly, silly rules. And, you know, there's the USA Today stuff that's like, oh, they can't, he can't fly with the team. And I'm like, nope, that's not true. Just straight up doesn't say that. It says that uh, staff, staff who right. are unvaccinated can't fly with the team. Right. Team members can, players can. Yeah. And like, there's even like a secondary reference later in it that's like, because someone argued with me online. This is one of the ones I went deep with because they're like, no, 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 trust me, it says it. And I'm like, dude, later in the paragraph, it says, like, people who are vaccinated are allowed to eat food on the plane. <laughs> people, players who are unvaccinated right. can't have food on the plane. Yeah. It, it, but it also says, like, as much as is feasible. And I'm like, 
So like, yeah, it lays out really hungry. It lays out. It's okay. Yeah. It lays out in detail what you can do when you're unvaccinated on the plane with everybody else. (laughs) Like right in the document, here's a whole page of everything vaccinated people can do while they're on the the team plane with the rest of the team. So that's obviously ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, say that no, that's against the rules for for players who are not fully vaccinated eating and drinking must be limited to the extent possible on an aircraft yeah also <laughs> you're, like, you're not allowed on the plane so yeah but you're not that <laughs> I, uh, I, and i had one guy come back and he's like well that's for because they got to take their own plane and i'm like well, <laughs> wait so you're saying the team they're like dude you can't fly with the team but you can get on american airlines sit and coach yeah right <laughs> Just don't eat peanuts, you know, you'd be yeah. all right. Uh, <laughs> or charter your own plane and don't share the food by yourself, because that's I mean, what they're Aaron, saying. Aaron Rodgers can do that just yeah. fine, right? He's got a plane. Yep. That guy will be tracking him. It's like, yeah, look, Aaron Rodgers flying into <laughs> Arizona. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I don't know. This whole thing's been super ridiculous. People have been really, re- I mean, the thing is, like, it's like, look, did what he do? <laughs> Was it douchey? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, did, did, did he have everyone fooled? I mean, yeah, he did. Right. And then everyone, and then it turns out it's like, oh yeah, he's not vaccinated. Everyone's like, what? He lied. And it's like, ah, kinda. And you're like, ah, okay. Well, is anyone really surprised? Like, this, yeah. this, this, right. this the thing I'm wondering is like, everyone like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers, California hippy dippy reads right. all these books about meditation right you know it turns out when he says he's immunized that he just like smoked peyote in a tent in arizona and <laughs> met the spirit animal of covid and agreed not to infect him so he said he was immunized like i don't right. understand what's the problem well that was somebody there's some guy on twitter <laughs> i forget who he is but he's he's very anti-packers and he's very popular or whatever and he, he said something weird to the effect of like the uh the biggest revelation of the day is that rogers is some anti-vax weirdo freak and i'm like is it really a revelation that he's a weirdo because uh, i think we've learned that he's a weirdo at least in the last year i'm i'm not gonna lie i was surprised yeah. when he when i when everyone thought he was vaccinated i was like really yeah him I think there's just a, a pic- I think there's a picture of that people have of what unvaccinated people are and Rogers doesn't necessarily fit that picture but they completely forget the part where there's a completely other faction of anti-vaxxers. <laughs> right. It's like there's, there's another group over there that it's also the California like anti-vaxxers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The crystal anti-vaxxers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they're like I got vaccinated, I have an amethyst in my pocket. Right? Yeah. Like this is healing. It's fine. Right. It's kind of like people- Steve Jobs only ate apples and believed he didn't have BO because he was on an apple diet. Like those kind of anti-vaxxers. Yeah. And then people are like comparing to like Tom Brady, like a super big weirdo about stuff. And you're like, I mean, it is a good comparison. Yeah. Like he is also weird. a super big weirdo, yeah. but he did get vaccinated. So there's that, I guess. And that's going to come back. And he's like, by vaccinated, I meant I tried strawberries for the first right. time. Uh, they have a lot antioxidants. Of- <laughs> a lot of uh i guess high performing people are pretty weird so i mean they're be- and they're better than me so i i can't uh maybe right. i'm antonio maybe brown I'm with the with the cryo chamber that was yeah <laughs> burned, burned his feet off and look at him now <laughs> it just didn't even matter <laughs> no didn't even matter probably helped him revitalize his career just burning off the bottoms of your feet maybe he's on to something i don't know you can pretty what do much I know? do whatever you want in this world man it doesn't even matter if you yeah. get enough money it's ridiculous just, you got any other fun legal questions for me i i think just, uh just you one sent, you sent up you sent one other fun one over yes this is from aaron nelson i wanted to save this for last for that reason at what point does aaron Rodgers' ownership of the bears become official is it like bankruptcy where he can just declare it so <laughs> I love how seriously you're taking the question. This one was tough. I, uh, I thought about this one a lot. And then I recalled when he did it and where he did it was in Chicago. And I am a self-respecting Wisconsin attorney yeah. and don't practice dirty fibla. So yeah. uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not competent to answer that, but I presume, yes, he can. Let's also, yes. <laughs> 
All right, man. Well, I appreciate you jumping on and clearing up some of these things. We'll have to do this more often when um, these types of things not only happen, but spiral completely out of control on social media. So well, we can write the ship. And especially when it's like, Blaine, have you gone crazy on this? And I'm like, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have gone and read absolutely everything unnecessarily. By yep. the way, my dog got down here. He climbed through the cat door. Nice. So well he decided he missed me too much. My dog is locked in a cage because I don't want to deal with him right now. I should have locked him in a cage. Yeah. I locked him in the kitchen, thought that was good enough. And then he got through the cat door. Sounds mean when I say it that way, but it's the only place he's ever happy. Like he's super chill. Really, I, like, was, I was at your that. house. Yeah. I was at your house when you invited me over for the interview to be your half Mexican lawyer. Yeah. Um, yeah right. <laughs> after the, yeah, right. After the, after the search to, yep. It's kind of like, you know, you, you have a lot of made up friends. Let's be honest. You don't talk to anybody. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> anytime, any, by the way, as, as someone who actually knows him, anytime he's like, I know a guy, it's me. Yeah, uh, Literally 100% of the time when I say <laughs> I got a friend, I'm literally talking about Blaine every time. <laughs> like every single time. I just don't want to be every time like Blaine, Blaine, Blaine. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got this one friend. <laughs> unless it's the one friend from chicago right yeah john that's because that's your other friend right yeah, and that's that's, that's usually that's like a childhood story because we don't we haven't <laughs> we hang out once every five years <laughs> i think i was there for the last one i think that was your wedding from <laughs> wedding <laughs> what was that eight years ago yeah yeah that, that was the last time i saw john and the time before that i had him in a headlock so yeah and the time before that was the chicken nugget run was that it or were you not there for that? I don't think I was. When there you got arrested chicken. for going to get chicken nuggets? No, I did not know that. Oh, uh, uh, all right. I, I can't just I, I can't just let that one hang out there. Well, I, I, you know what I should do? I should have you back on for college stories sometime. Oh, we we'll have to censor a good amount of that, actually. But... And you know what? I got that new little side project uh, podcast thing that could be like a at least once a week, just telling oh, fun stories oh, for from the, back in the day for, for the, Patreon. For the Patreon. Yeah, I was I was telling I was I was hyping it up and telling him I'm like, people want the bonus content. And yeah. he and I have always talked about all the the other thing is we basically could have like a you could just record our phone calls on the way on right. the drive home. Right. Uh, bonus content. Every time. It's just like, what's going on, man? I don't know, man. We're talking about uh, barbecue tacos, the diet and uh, just how fat we've been in our lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. Packers <laughs> and then somehow that that uh, turns into food and, uh, you know, yep. Yep, shocking amounts of food at Ponderosa. Yeah, uh, oh, dude, shocking. Too many chicken wings. <laughs> but anyways, that okay. Real quick, the thing with John, he was coming up from Illinois to visit us at Whitewater. We sent him, and he, you know, again, we made bad decisions when we were, uh, you know, back in the day. We sent him to go get chicken nuggets, and we actually, I don't remember why, but he was taking a long time. We put put a marker on the clock because it's like, dude, what is taking him so long? Anyways, apparently after about an hour and a half of no chicken nuggets and he's not answering the phone, he kind of got picked up by the police. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a DUI necessarily. I think it was one of those absolute sobriety things where he's sure. not over the legal limit, but he was underage or whatever. So he was in prison is why we didn't get our chicken nuggets. He was in the jail locally <laughs> and um, we had to get him out of jail and we needed to bail him out of jail. And it was very early in the morning and I didn't know how to do that. And so uh, ben, who's another guy we could tell quite a few stories about. Oh, yeah. He took me to a grocery store and um, I forget, it was like a thousand dollars or something. And so what? I had to, yeah, I had to like withdraw money from an ATM, but you can only take $200 out of an ATM at a time. So we went to the ATM, I took $200 out. Then we had to go to the grocery store, get cash back. I think you can only do a hundred dollars at a time. So I bought <laughs> candy bars. I do a candy bar, hundred dollar cash back, candy bar, hundred dollar cash back. Anyways, at like three o'clock in the morning, we go to the uh, the jail and get John out of jail. And um, yeah, so did he that pay was you your thousand dollars back. Or he, did probably, he, like... probably did. he probably did. He probably did at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I was so broken, completely out of you were. control. Yeah, I mean, we all were. It was yeah. it was it was special times. So yeah, frivolous I... with money. It was ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, it was. We were not smart. No. And yeah, I remember. I I remember. I met. John, when we were making Jesus juice out of crystal yep. light, yep. we called their customer support line to tell them that they <laughs> needed to put the recipe on the bottle. Uh, and then John and I started wrestling and I had him in a headlock and he was like on the ground and he's 
like not able to breathe hardly. And he just goes, I just want you to know this doesn't hurt. Like <laughs> that was his big gotcha. He got me good. Yep. Oh, it was a good time. It was All right, a- man. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna move on from this segment on to the next segment. Probably talk about the Chiefs a little bit, but again, I appreciate you coming on. I, I through all this, I think I told you before, man. I forgot we even are playing football and I'm excited. Yeah, man. We got a football game. It's not just like crying about Rogers and COVID. We get to watch football this weekend. Jordan, love baby. All right. I'll talk to you soon, G. All right, bye.